0: Hello and welcome into this golf channel podcast with Rex and Lab. That's right, a new name, but the same great analysis and of course uh, some weird tangents as well. Coming soon, folks, we're going to have some custom graphics, hopefully showing me way more handsome than Rex. Uh, But we are going to be a little bit more visible this year. More spots on social, more time on YouTube, more of us at the major championships. We are definitely looking forward to bringing it. All to you in 2023. Now, in this week's episode, we'll be talking the lid lifter at Kapaloo, of course, as well as some big picture predictions for the year ahead in golf. And definitely, we'll be talking some barbecue. And Rex, I know you see it. Georgia. We're definitely talking Georgia. If you are not watching us on YouTube, yes, folks, this is a DeAndre Swift jersey that I am sporting Rex. Happy New Year. Where's your mind at as we kick it off to do it all over again? Clearly, the Bulldogs. Clearly, that's what I've spent the last two days thinking
1: about, pining about, thinking. Uh, can they actually beat TCU? Because I'm not 100 sure they can. And that is
0: 13 point favorites.
1: That is, I know. I, I I don't gamble. I'm not very good at it. I don't like to lose money. However, in that particular case, how how would, how would anyone not be like? Hmm, I don't see that. Not after watching what TCU did. Uh, I mean, to Michigan, and look, I, you you can say whatever you everyone, want about everyone, Michigan. Everyone
0: thought Michigan was going to blow them out.
1: I know. They, Michigan was going to Michigan them. They were going to. They were going to be stronger. They were going to be bigger. They were going to be faster. And none of that happened. Watching TCU against Michigan, and then watching how much Georgia struggled against host Ohio State. That, my friend, you wearing the jersey after the semifinal game is a dangerous game.
0: Uh, it is a dangerous game, and look, we're uh, potentially in uncharted territory. Certainly for Georgia, there's only been a handful of teams that have gone back to back over the last. Thirty years, Alabama did it about a dozen or so years ago. Famous USC teams, and then what, like Nebraska uh, in the mid nineties, are the only uh, back to back schools. So, what do you think Georgia would actually replace Alabama as like the preeminent team in college football? Because that'd be very exciting after suffering through some very lean times, uh, particularly when I was in school.
1: I've noticed that Georgia fans have become sort of the Boston Red Sox fans because they Boston Red Sox fans went from long suffering to just,
0: in- just without the bad accent
1: insufferable in one world series. And it seems to me that's what's happening here with the Georgia folk. Good okay, look, like I, I, I think I sent you a text. Good luck to all my Georgia friends out there. Nope. Uh, never I, got that. I like the team.
0: Never got it. Uh, I, I believe I was on a, been, it's uh, been stuck in your outbox.
1: Yes. Maybe that was it. Uh, I, my I was with you right up until the point that you have now become too much. You and the rest of the Georgia folks. So, and, and look, so I look, don't have a dog is, in this, this fight. This
0: is what this is what I always did, even when Mark Rick was the head coach and we were losing four or five games or one or two games, and they just happened to be the big, the biggest games of the year <laughs> that Georgia would lose. I would, I would, I've always been this obnoxious. I've always had this much memorabilia in my backdrop. I've always had the flag. That's true. Out front, I've always had a sign. Like it's the only thing I wear besides the uh, Golf Channel. Uh, foot joy polos like that's all i wear and now i can just wear it with a little bit more pride
1: uh you should i mean i'm not even trying to steal this from you i'm just i'm I, from a fan's point of view as from a, that as date I, as i drink from my yeah. yeti with the, there, with the georgia uh, logo. another very unhumble brag you're just gonna keep dragging out and let me guess is there is there a hat somewhere on that desk that you're gonna pull up at some point during this conversation
0: it's actually on the kitchen island uh, but i do have, i do have my kirby smart georgia visor right over right there it over, is just just out of arm's reach
1: and I, look, I'm just warning you. I I could care less how obnoxious you are because this is just the way you've always been. So this is nothing new to me. I'm warning you that this is a very dangerous game
0: for you just to be so blatant about. Oh yes, of course we're going to be TCU. No, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying that whatsoever. I'm celebrating the fact that George's in the national championship. I get, I think containing Max Duggan is going to be an absolute chore, just as Michigan oh. found out uh, in the semifinal game. He's clearly no a kidding. force to be reckoned with, and they have uh, very good receivers on the outside. In fact, I can't wait to, to draft Johnston uh, in my fantasy football draft uh, in fall 2023. I, I'm just saying it is an incredible accomplishment to reach back-to-back title games, and Stetson Bennett, win or lose, uh, will go down as one of the most unlikely heroes in college football history. I think that uh, is very much a given. I, I thought the you.
1: best line uh, – well, no, I, I, I'll agree with you. It, it's hard. Like, look, we, this is what we do in golf, right? He's like a he former the,
0: walk-on, Rex, a former walk-on.
1: It, it's impressive. Actually, uh, but I, I'll, I'll go back to your team. He's like my I heard, size. I heard one of the funniest lines last night on the podcast. It was Mike Golick Jr., and it, he, he made the line about he, he played the first half I'm talking about your guy Stetson Bennett. He played the first half like Stetson, and he played the second half like SB4. And I was like, "Oh, that, that, that's a good line. Like, I, I can see where he's coming from on that." And yep. that was good. Yep, that
0: sounds just about right. We'll definitely have some more analysis uh, uh, next week. What's Stetson Bennett going to be
1: doing a year from now? Is he going to be a grad assistant, or will he have already opened up the, the car dealership in Athens?
0: Uh, I think he'll be the ceremonial starter at the Masters tournament. I think. <laughs> I think I think they'll find us. I Think they'll find us spot for him. now that now that now that Phil Mickelson blew his spot of being a ceremonial starter one day, uh, that spot will be reserved. He and i uh, for Stetson Bennett. Yeah, I'll <laughs> <Uga had, laughs> get I'll get like seventy nine at that point. Uh, definitely more Georgia talk next week on the pod, potentially at the no end doubt. of this podcast as well. Rex, you do know the PJ Tour season is getting underway this week. The Century Tournament of Champions is this week. Seventeen of the top twenty players in the world are teeing it up on Maui, the plantation course at Kapalua. So that's no Rory McIlroy. He's taking his usual longer winter break. You don't have Shane Lowry, who will play in a couple weeks' time at the Hero Cup, which is kind of that Ryder Cup test run uh, for European captain Luke Donald. Dunl- <laughs> and, and, of course, Rex, we don't have Cameron Smith, uh, the defending champion at Kapalua, uh, a year after his record-breaking 34 under par performance who is still a month and a half away from teeing it up on the Live Golf Tour, and so overall, it's 39 players who are making the first start of 2023. John Rahm, the betting favorite. Those of you who are interested in that, uh, you, uh, you and I, Rex, are not. But Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, also in action. So, in, before we zoom out, right, with these big picture ideas and conversations, what are you most looking forward to seeing this week at Kapalua? You know what I'd love to see this week.
1: Is whatever we're gonna do with these microphones.
0: Yep, would love just a mic stand.
1: Like literally, I'm having a ten, to stretch a $10 my ten dollar
0: one, a thirty dollar one, 50 fifty dollar one. I, I mean, if we could be so bold to ask for the hundred dollar one with the crane arm, so it's like out of sight, but it actually like looks good. So it'd be like be like this, like everyone else's pod mic. Like, I mean, love that. Would absolutely love that.
1: And and I'm not I'm not trying to be overly. Look, they got us the new mics, and they're very very good. We appreciate them. I, I, and I don't want to complain too much but I'm I'm literally getting cramps Carpal in my tunnel. hand. Carpal tunnel. Carpal tunnel. I kind of no Yeah, doubt. I'm I'm having to sit here and hold this mic which is not light by the way. I mean it's a, no. it's a pretty it's a pretty heavy-duty. Heavy this is why our sound is so good. And, and and you have not pointed out the fact that I'm doing this podcast for the first time from my office because I I got for Christmas Santa Claus brought me like a Wi-Fi booster thing that I was able to put Santa Claus. And a TV that you definitely didn't ask for. And a TV that I didn't ask for. You know what but, he didn't bring but, me? A Blackstone. But the
0: monk, monk, but the, but the monk <laughs> made definitely ask for the TV, <laughs> and she just so happened to... To it's give amazing. yourself a TV for a you. TV
1: for for the bed for our bedroom, which I'm thinking. <laughs> but I, when but do I, I ever, want one. But I don't want it. I want the black <laughs> stuff. So it's a, a in a mic stand. That, that's it. Um, to to your point, I, I'm fascinated by this. I hadn't even thought about the Cam Smith thing. That's a really good point. Like it seems to me that my mind has moved on so much from Liv Goff and and all the ramifications that that's going to bring. I, I was more interested as the first designated event, like in, in going into this year. Yes,
0: it's no it's no longer elevated, folks. It is
1: designated. Designated that. Uh, that, that, that was a mandate. Did you get that email?
0: Got that email. It was all caps. Uh, one of those. That sounds like a stop sign. Points. You're going to run through. This oh. is going to be PGA Tour champions all over senior again, t- is Senior Tour <laughs> elevated event. I would think that verbiage is coming directly from the PGA Tour. It doesn't want it. it doesn't want it to seem like the Central Tournament Champions is above, say, the Valspar Championship, and except in every way from field to purse uh, to position on the calendar. Like it, it's I mean. definitely elevated. Like that's just that's. Let's just call it what it is.
1: And you pointed out how good the field is. I mean, to that point, this is what we've kind of come to expect. Now, there's going to be some outliers, and I'm really, really curious to see how this transpires as we go further and further into the season. Because each of these top designated players, don't even want to call them designated players, each one of these top players, these star players, as we've sort of identified through the pip.
0: Top, Top players in designated events.
1: In designated events, these players get one off, and I'm really, really they, they can take one of these designated events off. And I'm really really curious. I talked to a couple players in the Bahamas at Tiger's event about the idea of how this is going to work out. And it looks like it's almost like a hierarchy. Like I, I asked Jordan Spieth, like what are you thinking of skipping? And he said Wells Fargo, and just because of scheduling wise, I mean everyone loves Texas Wells Fargo. Events. Yeah. Because of the Texas events, absolutely, he wants to play the Byron. He wants to play Colonial. It's right in the middle of the PGA Championship. I think it would have been four or five weeks in a row if he adds the Wells Fargo to that. But then I talked to three or four other of these top players as as we identify them through the PIP, and they also want to take Wells Fargo off. And so my my comment was like, "Who is the tour going to? How is the tour going to decide who's going to be in these fields? Who's going to be out of these fields? And there is some sort of formula. We can talk about it at a later date. But this is interesting to me. Because what the tour is trying to do, what the top players, led by Rory and Tiger, are trying to do is to get all of the best players together more often at these bigger events with the bigger purses and eventually probably no cuts. That's, what we have, that's exactly what we have this week. And I think you might have written this last year, that what this tournament has become is probably going to be the standard, at least the way the tour envisions it, going forward.
0: Yeah, I mean 39 players is is probably not quite what the tour has in mind. I think it's more like the BMW Championship model we're looking at. 70, 70 78 players, like mm-hmm. no cuts, uh guaranteed guaranteed paydays for everyone in the field. I definitely think we're moving in that direction certainly in 2024 when there's a little bit more collaboration to with the DP World Tour. You, you do make an interesting point. Everyone uh every one of these top players is allowed one event. I believe if they want to skip more than that, it'll just be a pro-rated prorated uh, amount from their pip total which is interesting because when it comes to a player like Patrick Cantlay right so Patrick Cantlay was not in the inaugural pip despite being the PGA Tour player of the year and FedEx Cup champion in 2021 he barely cracks the top 20 uh in the second year of the pip is he just going to say all right i'm going to get what 2 million dollars for finishing 18th or 19th in the pip to me resting this is Patrick Cantlay talking if he wants to skip Wells Fargo, if he wants to not play the Heritage the week after the Masters, if he doesn't want to play the Travelers Championship after the U.S. Open in L.A. and fly all the way across the country, is he just going to shrug his shoulders and be like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to do whatever it takes for me to perform my best. His thinking being, "Okay, if I can preserve my body, uh, work on my game a little bit more away from tournament action, I will have a more successful uh, season than if I actually play all but one of these as I am mandated to do as one of the top players and just kind of screw the pip money so I'm very curious to see each player's strategy we won't have a definitive answer on that of course until about eight months time now Rex one of those players who uh, did crack the top 10 and received quite a significant pip bonus who I'm very much looking forward to seeing this week at Kapalua as well as Al in fact we haven't seen him since the second round of the BMW Championship. That was a week, just one week after his breakthrough win in Memphis at the FedEx St. Jude Championship. It was kind of that long-awaited victory. And literally, like six days later, uh, he had two stress fractures in his back, and he has been on the shelf ever since. Think about all that he lost with that very ill-timed, unfortunate injury. Potentially, 17 and a half million dollars. He was then first in the FedEx Cup standings which would have been an $18 million payout, payout ended up uh, dropping all the way to 30th because he was unable to play the playoffs in a meager $500,000. He was uh, surely if not automatically qualified was going to be a definite pick for the US Presidents Cup team that would have been his first cup appearance. He could have won uh, the race to Dubai on the DP World Tour. He could have had more experience and exposure. Uh, at Tiger's event. And so talking to to Will and a member of his team uh, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, they mentioned how proud they were of Will's patience during this period. It it was uh, expected that he was going to make his first appearance at the Hero World Challenge, ended up delaying it to make sure that he was 100% ready to go uh, for the 2020 uh, uh, season opener at Kapalua. And so a member of his team said he might be a little bit rusty, uh, these first couple starts of the year, but, quote, watch out. Uh, I, I tend to agree. I think Will Zalatoris is prime for a monster 2023 on the heels of his breakout win.
1: We're going to do the punch shots, right? Yep. yep we're like we're going to get to him. uh so, so, at the end. Yeah, so I'm, I'll go ahead and jump early on this one. Uh, for the PGA Championship, I picked Will Zalatoris to win for a number of reasons. One, I mean, he lost a playoff to Justin Thomas, and I can imagine those two coming down to a playoff again at Oak Hill later this summer. And, but I think the other thing here is it's probably going to take him a couple events to play his way back into form. I mean, you're talking about a guy, if you look at just the way he played his way onto the PGA Tour when there really wasn't any way to play your way onto the PGA Tour, he's a bit of a road warrior. So I think he probably needs, uh, you know, a couple events under his belt. But I can imagine by the time we get to the Masters and certainly by the time you get to the PGA Championship, he's going to be back 100%. That being said, as long as his back is fine. I mean, uh, I, I will apparently, say...
0: Apparently, apparently in the best shape of his life.
1: Well, and that's what you hope, because he is a singular talent. I mean, if you combine just his skill, what we've seen on the golf course, his resilience, we've seen it time and time again, where he came close twice last year, both at the PGA Championship and the U.S. Open. And he never sort of had that devastated look on his face. I think both of us sort of were watching the different body language at the PGA Championship between he and Mito Pereira, where Mito, you could tell, like that hurt. It felt like, man, I let that one get away from me. He probably did. But with with Will, it almost felt like it was just another step, that he was just taking another step towards that ultimate goal, which is to win a major championship. And as long as he's healthy, and that's good news to hear, that he is in the best shape of his life. And it's also good to hear, you're right, that's probably the hardest part for a young player to do is not to come back too soon. I think the line is, no one's ever come back too late from an injury, and it sounds to me like he sort of adhered to that, which is a good idea.
0: Yeah, especially since it's. I mean, it's back-to-back years that have been affected now uh, with back injuries, Will's out towards 2021. He tweaked his back. I remember hacking out of the hay uh, at Royal St. George's in the Open Championship when he was inside the top 10. I had to withdraw there. It kind of affected him uh, the, the fall. He actually could have made that Ryder Cup team had he been able to push forward. And then, of course, two herniated discs uh, coming on the heels of the BMW Championship. I, I honestly, I think Will Zalatoris is like a superstar in the making. He clearly resonates with golf fans, so that's one part. But I also, you look at his skill set, you look at his uh, makeup competitively. He he seems like the the hybrid of a lot of the great players that we see. Like I think he has the golf IQ and the smarts and the imagination, like a Jordan Spieth. I think he has a tenacity and hunger of a Justin Thomas I think he has the uh preeminent iron play of a Colin Morikawa and he's 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 still young I mean he's 25 years old he has so much runway ahead of him so I'm I'm hopeful I'm hopeful that 2023 is a year that it all comes together uh in a a big way and uh, I'm I'm with you fingers crossed that he can get through a year unscathed with his back
1: is Willie Z your player of the year? Is that what I'm picking up on?
0: Nope. He is not my player of the year because Got I'm it. also gung ho on a bunch of these guys. And it should also be noted, Rex, uh, that I've never correctly predicted a player of the year. We're going to get. Who'd you pick last year? Who'd you pick in 22? It was Kawa of my player of the year in 2022. Did Literally did not win. Literally did not win in 2022.
1: Amazing. I don't think either one of us picked Scotty Scheffler. I can guarantee
0: you that. No, but you did. you did predict that he would have. Uh, a breakout year. Uh, so tip of the cap that you're currently wearing uh, for Scotty. Chef, Scotty is going to be in the field this week. A couple other headliners, Rex, John Rahm, seven of his last eight starts uh, to end 2022 went for top tens, including the win at the DP world tour championship. It seemed like a little bit of a down year, right? For John Rahm. And yet all he did was win three times. I think more settled this year. He had a second kid. He moved. Uh, he, he clearly, uh, the, the, the major performances that he had were an aberration never going for a top 10 uh, that is not going to happen in 2023 I'm also curious to see Justin Thomas and Jordan Speed those are two players Rex who did not have much of an offseason it seems like we've it seems like we've seen them plenty of late JT got married of course but he also played in the hero he also played in the match he also played in the PNC championship so you know with all these designated events that these players these top players are going to have to play crammed into this eight-month period culminating with the uh with the tour championship and the fedex cup playoffs and then a month later you have the Ryder cup uh, you just wonder if they're going to be able to to reset as well as you would hope i also know you have your eye on, on tony fee now there's a sausage finger go ahead yes uh to your point and john rom probably said this best and we kind
1: of when you sit down and actually do the math I mean, john rom did not like the idea that he has to add events that he may not normally play. It's not much. It might be one or two extra events per player. And as you pointed out, they can take one off. They, they get one freebie in however the tour is going to figure that one out. And if they wanted to, they can take two off or three off. They're just going to lose whatever proportion amount of the pit money that they wanted. And I think when you're talking about a player like a Jordan Spieth or a Justin Thomas or a John Rahm, if it's gonna cost them, I don't know, I'm throwing a number out there, I'm not good at this, but two, three hundred thousand dollars, five hundred thousand dollars, whatever the case may be, to get an extra week of rest
0: back home. I know that sounds ridiculous to people. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's gonna probably be probably gonna still pro rated pip money. Like if you can if yeah. you can sell if you can better preserve your body for what is now definitely a sprint as opposed to a marathon in the PJ tour season, like you're going to do that calculus and you're going to say, Yeah, I think I'd rather have the rest. Then play it up and potentially, I don't know, risk injury or get in, develop some bad swing habits, like whatever the case may be, they're going to make that calculus and make that decision.
1: When I sat down and do the punch shots, and we do these at the beginning of every year. So it's usually the first week of January is when we send them out, and it's all the, the normal stuff who will be the player of the year and who will be the biggest surprise, good or bad. I, I sat down yesterday, and I waited until the very last day, by the way, in case you're shocked by that. When I sat down or on deadline, yeah, it. when I sat down to do this yesterday, like I wanted, to do like the thing. I wanted to do I, I didn't want to do player of the year is going to be Roy McElroy or Scotty Scheffler. Like that to me That's really the point. question though. That that is the question. My player of the year is Tony Fino. And I think actually I said this a few weeks ago. When you look I don't Months think anybody, ago, in fact Yeah, I don't think anybody played better than Tony in the fall. Now I, I did point out, and I kinda of wanted to elaborate on this, but these punch mm. shots are very, very quick. I did want to point out that his major record needs to improve. That he needs to get be
0: better in he's the biggest... He's got top events. fives in every major championship. He's one of the few players who can actually like have, he, have that on his resume. But that was three years ago. If you look at
1: kind of what he did last year, he was never really in the hunt at any of the four, four majors in 2022. And I'm not saying he can't be. I mean, he's certainly close enough that I, I don't think it's going to be a huge step for him to do that. But if you look at the way he finished up last season... And you look at just the potential that he brings. We have seen his game sort of evolve into whatever weaknesses there might have been there before. It seems like he's only getting better and better. I feel like he's the guy that takes the next step.
0: Uh, I would agree with you there. I think his career best world ranking is ninth. It feels like a guy who's going to smash that. He begins 2023 uh, at 12 in the world. Ended the year with three wins in his last eight starts. His putting still scares me. A little bit, but I think the strides that he's been able to make with swing coach Boyd Summerhays, he's got his swing uh, in a place now where he he, he kind of harnesses that power, but he can unleash it when he needs to. His wedge play has certainly been short shored up. That was the big uh, evolution that we saw with Roy McIlroy in 2022. He was one of the worst wedge players uh, on the PJ Tour uh, heading into the Wells Fargo Championship in May from that point forward. Uh, no one was better on tour from 50 to 125 yards than Roy McIlroy. I kind of see... Tony Fino not potentially making that big of an exponential leap, uh, but, but certainly uh, he has the goods uh, to play well in every major championship. If you do think, Rex, he takes that next step, which major do you think is most conducive uh, for his skill set?
1: I think all of them had. If you sort of look at what he's done over the c- course of his career, it seems to me that he always puts himself close, it, and it doesn't really matter which major it would be. If I had to pick, he seems like a U.S. Open guy. If I had to really, and we don't know a lot about Is LACC, scrambling,
0: scrambling good enough to win a U.S. Open?
1: Don't know, don't know. I think I'm looking just ball striking wise, and we don't know enough. And we got into this in the punch shots as well. We, I don't think I don't know enough about the North Course at LACC, and I've been told nothing but great things. But it's such an unknown commodity. We haven't even played a tour event there, so you just don't know what it's going to be like. I, I can see him playing very, very well at a place like that. Certainly, Oak Hill at the PGA Championship, and he's played well at the Masters. So I, I don't know if there's any one, one of the four that I would say he can't win. If, I, if I'm if i leaning
0: towards a direction, it's probably going to be Oak Hill or L.A. North. Yeah, gun, gun to head out, I'd say PGA Championship is Tony Finau's a best bet to win a major in 2023. A couple other players that we want to spotlight for this week. Xander Schauffele, four straight top tens to close out the year. Tom Kim, of course, uh, looks like a, a rising star on the PGA Tour. Two wins, first player since Tiger Woods win twice for the age of 21. I'm also (laughs) the player that that Tom Kim beat in Vegas to get that second P.J. Tortello is Patrick Cantlay. have not seen him since then uh, perform very well at the President's Cup and then back it up with that 72nd hole collapse uh, in Vegas. This is kind of what Patrick Cantlay does. He goes dark for a couple months at a time. He uh, is giving a press conference on Tuesday at Kapalua. So as always, I'll be curious to see uh, what Patrick Cantlay is up to, what he thinks of this schedule. Uh, because he will be uh, understandably different than most of the other players. I know you had uh, some questions mark about Colin Murakawa too, uh, Rex. He was a player, I believe. You said would dropouts of the top twenty five. I believe that was your bold. Was that your bold prediction at least a couple months ago? You even you even said it on air, which was uh, shocking because uh, that that will live forever. Uh sounds like something I would say
1: which, sure. which there there is some irony cuz I actually picked him to win the open championship. I keep jumping ahead to to all the different
0: punches. Wow, so he's going to win a major but he's mm-hmm. going to drop let's see 16 places in the world ranking? That's amazing.
1: Well, as we went down the major championships, he must literally open, he
0: must literally do nothing else.
1: He yeah, he does nothing else. Uh there, yeah, there is sort of a, a disconnect there. I'll, I'll give you that. But as you, we got we went through the years four majors there's Dis- a, Go-
0: a there's a, di- there's a disconnect although, uh, also known as that doesn't make literally any sense.
1: Well, but that's the thing. If I if I can just keep throwing different takes out there, eventually I'm going to land one. Like I mean, right? Like eventually if where's, you just keep where's cold takes exposed? We need to just I mean, that that seems to be a good formula, uh, but when you look at the Open going back to rural Liverpool, I kind of wrote that, I mean, sentimentally, I'd love for Tiger Woods to sort of find you know lightning in a bottle and do what he did in 06, no. which that, it's textbook. It ain't going to happen. I mean, look, I, we, we all know. I, I watched him limp around the Ritz course at, during the PNC. I think Colin Morikawa actually is, is a good pick if we get those similar conditions. He's done it before. He's won the Open in, in very, very similar conditions before, and his ball striking is still among the game's best. You talked about Tony's putting, though. I mean, I still have a huge question mark when it comes to Morikawa's putting.
0: Yeah, I mean, he keeps switching grips. He keeps switching techniques. I mean, there's certainly some question marks when it goes there. We've seen – I mean, Cal Morikawa, by any statistical measure, is not a good putter uh, week in and week out on the PGA Tour, and yet he seems to rise to the occasion and has won two majors during weeks when he was top five in putting that particular week. So he can get it done, but consistency-wise, yeah. Yeah. He's always going to struggle on the greens. It's still plenty good enough to win two or three times. And so you, you heard it here first, folks. Kyle Morakow, who begins twenty twenty three at eleven in in the world, he's going to drop outside the top twenty five per Rex Auger, but he's also going to win a major championship per Rex Auger. I have to means, go back course, and check the tape on he's, that. He's just gonna he's just gonna finish. He's just gonna finish like eighteenth in the world. He's just gonna drop. We're, going to like, we're just like split the difference. Who knows? I feel like we
1: need to go check when the tape goes. on that drop out of the top twenty-five. I don't, I don't know that I said that.
0: That doesn't sound definitely. Good definitely said that for a Golf Today hit. Uh, i would be more than happy to queue up today. that. not yeah, even on it the pod? A, I said it on no, Golf Today. Well, it didn't count. It was count a Golf, a was a golf Today hit, which re aired like so many different seven platform. different times.
1: I mean, I might have tweeted it. I might have. Read oh, it's it definitely it on, on YouTube.
0: Shot. It was on the website. Uh, Calum, it's been circulating among Kyle Calum, Morikawa's uh, friends and family for the past couple of months. So we'll have TV to see how comes that at you fast, man. I, I don't know what to tell you. Sometimes you just you, you say things because it just comes at you fast. Trust me. Trust me. I know. I know better than most. I do not know what is coming out of my mouth uh, at any given moment. You've, te- you've teased this right. Wait, you've you've this? teased this. You've teased this long enough. Up today. Uh, today is Tuesday on GolfChannel.com is our punch shot. So there's two different ones. We were, there's predictions for the PJ Tour season. And then on Wednesday, January 4th, it is our predictions for each of the major championship winners on the men's side. And so you've teased this long enough. Tony Finau is your player of the year. Quick synopsis why.
1: Well, I just went through all the things. When you look at the way he finished up in the fall, you pointed out he won three of his last, what, nine events, eight events to to finish out 2022. I I just think he's just he continues to make those steps in the right direction. And I guess on some level, had had I been paying attention, could have probably seen it with Scotty Scheffler as well because it was a very, very similar finish to 2021 for Scotty. As it was for Tony in 2022, and we all know now what Scotty was able to do going into the Masters, and he had that great spring and that wrote him to being the Player of the Year. I can imagine very, very easily a similar scenario with Tony.
0: I can as well. Certainly seems like a player at age 33 who is coming very much into his own, and he's always he's always lacked like the the, the killer instinct and. Just the wins on the resume, and I think this stretch that he is that he has enjoyed, basically since the playoff opener at the 2021 FedEx Cup playoffs, uh, has just imbued him with so much confidence, so much self belief that he can win in different ways on the PGA tours against the very best fields. And so I, I'm with you. I think Tony Fino, man, he, if he's not the player of the year, uh, I would be shocked if he does take a step back in 2023. Now, Rex, my player of the year and a player who I've been touting basically for the last five years. Is Xander Schauffler, but I do believe the time is finally now for X one two times in 2022, and I think it was important because he erased some bad memories with some 54 hole leads that he's lost, but also boosted his confidence that he can win in different ways. He was certainly the beneficiary of Sah- Sahitha Galla's uh, collapse semi second hole. Uh, at the Travelers Championship, a tournament that you just watched uh, for the first time a couple so good. of days ago. good. finish. I we didn't <laughs> talk Zan- about that? And then Xander Schauffele, uh, the 54-hole leader at the Scottish Open, a tournament that you were the on-course uh, reporter for, won from ahead. And so that was really important for his psyche, a player who uh, is, I think, established himself as one of the game's most feared closers uh, when he is coming from behind, hunting down uh, the leader, but winning from ahead, Uh, As he did at the Scottish Open. I think when you couple that surging self-belief with the all-around completeness of his game, uh, he's the player uh, to me, like Scottie Scheffler, uh, who will take the next step in his game in 2023.
1: I mean, you're just going to keep doing this until Xander does it. And I agree with you. Eventually, Xander's going to do it because eventually he's going to put it together in a major. And he's going to for
0: a major in the last three or four years every time.
1: And you're going to continue to do that. I can see, I can see the way that worked out. All right. Who's the biggest surprise, good or bad
0: for you? So I did not go f- with a player. I kind of went with a theme. And to me, and I know – I think we actually disagree on this a little bit. I think 2023 will be a decidedly less contentious year. Now, I think – Uh, In some ways, this is probably going to be obvious because it it really can't get more acrimonious (laughs) than than it was in in 2022, and there's still like some Mm. outstanding issues that need to be settled. Whether it's the court case first, the DP World Tour uh, in February, or in the the PJ Tours. uh, antitrust lawsuit case uh, is currently slated and potentially getting pushed back January, 2024, but you have like the official world golf ranking ruling. You have the major field criteria. The masters has spoken, but we haven't yet heard uh, from the PJ championship, which is a much later, month later, you have the Ryder Cup qualification period. Luke Donald seemed to suggest that lift players won't be on the map. this gave an interview just a couple of days ago that says he wants the best players period on that squad. regardless, if they're affiliated with live. And so you have, I, I think this a, a situation that's ripe for continued disruption. But to me, when I look back on the year that was in golf, a lot of the drama was transactional. This like, will he or won't he drama of players who would defect from the PGA tour to live golf. That's, that's not going to be the cloud that is hanging over each and every uh, tour event in which these top players are, are performing Liv's going to have their 48 guys the PJ tour is going to forge ahead with their 125 plus both of those respective tours and those players are going to be are going to be believing that they that their path is the right one uh, i think that means overall a lot of the focus will return thankfully to the on-course action as opposed to the rumor mill which churned like never before in 2022
1: I think that's just wishful thinking. I don't think you're paying attention. You're not you're not reading through these lawsuits like I am and you also glazed over the lawsuit that's been filed in the Middle District of Florida between Liv Goff and the European Tour and there's going to be more. They're only going to continue to lay down more and more lawsuits. There's going to be more and more hearings. You you mentioned the one in February in London. That's essentially going to decide the Ryder Cup fate for a lot of these European players if that in fact is what they choose to do. No, I mean, what do you envision a scenario where Jay Monahan and I'm saying and, it's going to be and Greg Norman going to hug it out on the front First tee at Augusta, like it's not going to happen. And as far as the transaction goes, you're kind of assuming that the exodus
0: is finished. And it might be, but even if it's not, it, ha- it has to be, if, no, if the team it does the it. team, if the team formats starting and live in mid February with 48 guys, like they, they can't, they can't have it coming and going.
1: I think the transaction is what is going to keep this alive at least in the short term. When I say it, this, I'm referring to LIV Golf because it's the transaction that's made this I think so entertaining for your average sports fan. I'm not talking about for the average golf person, but people outside of golf who are fascinated by the idea of will he go, won't he go? That's not ending. And even if it does end, watching LIV Golf, seeing what their MO is over the last 2 years, they're just going to continue to feed that rumor mill. The idea that they can just continue to, to whisper in someone's ear that oh, so and so is leaving after the Masters, and that person is going to write it or report it, that's just going to keep it alive. They, no. can't.
0: they they can't they can't leave after. The most certainly starts. can. But the whole the whole model is built on on a set forty eight player field.
1: The whole model things. is built on teams, twelve teams, and each team their their captain, whoever that is, Phil's team for example, he's going to want to get the best players for his team, and at some point. That attention is going to do, move back to the PGA Tour, and he's going to like what he sees out of Will Zalatoris or Sahit Tagala or any of these young players. can Or can't lay. Exactly. And the rumor mill is only going to continue. Now, I, I'll agree with you to a certain point that I think we get back to the competition on the field between these I'm two tours. That's tours. what we're saying. It's but just no, going to be all less. Of the other it's just stuff, going to be
0: less. All of the noise is not going away. Like, that's just you being you're just trying I'm to not continue. saying all the noise. I'm saying I'm saying some of the noise. It's going to be a less contentious less acrimonious year than we had in 2022.
1: I, I normally don't do this because I was listening
0: busy, because it can't actually top it.
1: I, I normally don't do this, but over the holidays I was listening to kind of two separate podcasts who don't do golf. It's more kind of a general sports thing, and both of them talked about how the decision by the Masters was such a hit for the PGA Tour because it seems like the Masters was always going to side with the PGA Tour. And my take is, no, they don't have to. They don't have to do anything. This isn't their fight. It's not the USGA's fight or the PGA of America, the RNA's fight. This is the PGA Tour and the European Tours
0: fight against Live Golf. That's it. It doesn't this go. Why, any this further. is why general sports media folks should not be opining about these issues because they don't it makes
1: understand. me wonder if maybe they know they, they don't know as much about other sports You everything about that
0: or i mean this is this is why you and i should not be opining about uh georgia, georgia football. football breakdowns <laughs> and this and this is why <laughs> oh no, we did should great. not be talking about live golf I thought PG, went great. Tour, masters dynamics you
1: really you don't want to break down stetson bennett's pocket presence any more than that, what we've already done i
0: mean i could i just don't know if it would be factually correct <laughs> I think that's, Are we going to break down I, Stetson I, I or SB4?
1: That, that would be the important one. <laughs>
0: uh, I mean, the, I, first of all, I, I, I don't agree with that take whatsoever. It's it's not just the Masters, but you laughed at it. it's the Nationals' uh, in, imperative, their, their prerogative, to put on the absolute best tournament they can. And so excluding, I think it would have been like 16 players from the field because of some. Uh, no, they were never going to do that. from from vendetta. Just was not going to happen. If anything, it makes the four major championships bigger. It makes them better. It's the one. It's the four times guaranteed that we are going to have the best players in the world all duking out. I will be curious along these same lines. Or I'm talking about a less contentious twenty twenty three. I will be curious to see Rex if the battle lines become clear. Like if if it's you know PJ Tour versus versus Live. Like will we have separate leaderboards for how? those particular players are doing are we going to be comparing and contrasting because you, you think about the open championship right when it was they didn't go quite head-to-head it was it was cam smith who hunted down roy McElroy on the final day but there was this undercurrent of cam smith it it, it was it was widely reported at that point that he's expected to join live uh coming soon so it was like roy McEroy in the white cap versus uh, cam smith and this dark cloud hovering over him and it ended up Uh, being Cam Smith bolting for live golf uh, shortly thereafter, like will that play out at the major championships? That's something uh, uh, to be determined is something tells me there's going to be a whole lot of woofing on both of those sides. uh, If, if a player on their respective tour wins, my biggest surprise is going to be Sahith.
1: We just talked about him a little bit and I feel like he has the look of Is he good Good. or bad? Good. Good. I, I think he finally sort of, takes that next step, which isn't going to be a huge step, just between winning, being in the consistent player that we've already seen you know, in his first year on the PGA Tour. And I just think you factor in the personality and sort of that fan appeal that he's brought. He's going to be a pip darling for a long time as long as he stays healthy. And I know he's had some wrist issues, but I just think he has the package when you look at it. And, and I would make the same argument for, for Willie Z. As long as he stays healthy, he has the entire package. He, Those two are the players. And the I don't think Willie Z would players. be a surprise. Would he, why would uh, it be a surprise? No, 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 no. I'm kind of factored them in as far as having the complete package. Mm-hmm. Where and, and look, I have my opinion on Cameron Young has changed to a degree after watching him at the hero a little bit and trying to get to know him a little bit better. I still don't think he's a wonderful player. He has the ability to be a special player on the PGA Tour. Personality-wise, he doesn't bring much to the table. And look, you could say that about a lot of players on the PGA Tour. Dustin Johnson made a lot of money in his career being a really good player who didn't show much personality when it came to the media or the press. And you can be that player. That's fine. Vijay Singh made a lot of money doing it that way. But if you decide to do, go the Tom Kim route or the Willie Z route or, in this particular case, Sahith route you're going to make so much more money and you're going to make so many more fans. And I just think it's so much easier for the PGA Tour to take these players and to make their product better as opposed to if you're a Cameron Young and all you want to do is be a golf robot.
0: It is difficult. So when we do these biggest surprises, like we, it's, I think it's easy to and go... I don't want to
1: pile on Cameron Young, you wonderful no, but, player. But, please, like don't, it's, please don't it's, at me.
0: It's it's easy to say like, oh, this guy's going to have a big year. He's going to win a handful of times. He might win a major championship. Like, There's only so many tournaments. And if if every player is moving up, like it's just the, the inverse is going to happen as well. Like players he to drop down. There doesn't seem Rex to be like obvious candidates for regression. Like to me, Louis Ustazen. At the end of 2021, was such an obvious one. We didn't even know at that point that he was headed to live golf, but he, you know, he had a chance to win three major championships. He was um, approaching 40 years old. Like it just seemed like he was going to backtrack in 2022, and of course, uh, he did. He had some injury issues uh, and disappeared on live golf as well. Like to you, and you, when you look at the top 10, top 25 in the world ranking, like where, where are you looking for guys who could actually? Take a step back because they they all seem like they're between twenty five and thirty three, like in the prime of their career, trending upward. There is no real fallback candidates, in, in my opinion. Well, and this is
1: going to be largely injury driven, will it not be? I mean, certainly we we spoke for ten minutes about Will Zalatoris, and both of us put the same caveat that yes, he is due to have another special season, if. He comes back healthy. Now, according to your rep- crack reporting, he's going to be fine and he's going to be 100 percent. He's never been more healthy. You could probably make the same argument about Sahith. And as I pointed out, I mean, he's had wrist issues since I think his early days in college, if I remember yep. you telling oh, me yeah, that he correctly. Had, he had surgery, yeah. And it doesn't get easier. It's not as though being a PGA Tour player is a healthy lifestyle as far as how you take care of your body and how you expect to recover. It's not an easy job physically, and I think it's going to take a toll and it's going to, to wear you down. And you could probably, certainly we saw Scotty Shuffler seem to be dealing with some nagging injuries towards the end of the year. Whatever Hemorrhoids. happens Hemorrhoids uh, besides that, that, that I had actually forgot about that. I wish I remember that. Um, <laughs> I conveniently put that out of my mind. I would argue that as long as these players stay healthy, it is hard to find someone who's going to regress. But it's not hard to imagine a scenario where Will struggles again with his back and has to take some time off. Or you can see Tony Finau, who's dealt with some injuries. In his He's past, your player of the year, well. for God's sake. Now not, not all of a sudden you're going to put him on a bet? No, with injury. I mean, look, let, let's say he gets excited about a hole-in-one during the par-3 contest again at Augusta and, and turns the ankle. Ugh. It gives me the cringes. He's still, he's still I, top, top 10. Top 10 that I, I, week. That would, get, that would get him wa- massive world ranking points. Don't want it to happen, but it certainly happened. What is going to be your defining moment of the year? Rex, to me, and I don't feel
0: great about it, I, I must say. Um, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, I do think... Way to lean in and yeah. sell that take of yours. Well, I don't feel good about this. I, I do think it will be a U.S. Ryder Cup victory. I do actually think Ooh. this is going to be closer than a lot of people anticipate like the European side obviously is undergoing a full makeover with with the old guard finally pushed aside if unless for some reason Matt Fitzpatrick gets his way and all of a sudden you have Ian Poulter and Lee Westwood Sergio Garcia and the like uh, all on that European side it's hard to imagine that that would be the case but I think if the if the Americans are actually going to win for the first time in 30 years this is going to be the squad that does it they're completely loaded I think it's going to be uber competitive just to make that 12-man roster for the one that heads over to Marco Simone I I think this is a a squad that's hungry we saw that at the President's Cup where even though they had uh, somewhat of a decisive lead heading into Sunday singles like all those guys were pissed off and they want they because this is a President's Cup that they wanted to set records and completely dominate and maybe, maybe even win on Saturday and it didn't turn out that way whatsoever. The European venue isn't going to be, I think, as decisive as of a home course advantage as we saw potentially at Le Golf National, where it's really claustrophobic. Marco Simone is a much more wide open golf course, uh, leans into the bombers, of which the Americans are going to have many. So I think all those factors combined, especially with the unproven back end that the European side is going to have, uh, I think leads me to believe that the, uh, it's going to uh, touch off a pretty cathartic victory celebration for the Americans.
1: I went Ryder Cup as well. I wasn't as bold as you and predicted a U.S. win because I'm, I'm, I can see now why you're not so sure about this. Simply because it's it's been the better part of three damn decades since the U.S. Years. team won the Ryder That's in Cup in 1993. Yeah, three decades since the U.S. team won a I'm Ryder aware. Cup in Europe. Three decades.
0: They have to, so they have to do it I, eventually.
1: Like, look, I know these are strange times and these teams are going through a lot of upheaval on both sides. And you and I could probably do an hour long podcast just on the idea of how the dynamics of live golf, how it's going to impact the European team going forward and how it's going to impact the U.S. team going forward. I don't think next year or I'm sorry, this year's Ryder Cup is nearly as clear cut as last year's President's Cup. Because you could look at that President's Cup international team and be like, oh, they got destroyed. Like poor Trevor. He he went into this thinking he was going to have a much different team than what he ended up with. And it was closer than we thought. I I can't really wrap my mind around exactly how this is going to play out for the Europeans because they lost some players that probably weren't going to make the team anyway. Or if they did, they probably shouldn't be on the team anyway. But they also lost some of the heart and soul of that team you could argue they lost something that made that team special over the decades now I don't know if Henrik Stenson was going to be a good captain or not my guess is Luke Donald will be just as fine in the job but the dynamics between how the, the players who have left the game is going to impact this which is always it's always the Ryder Cup like this one was easy we're always going to sit and talk about the Ryder Cup because it always seems to make a difference you're right I feel like it's leaning in the Americans direction because of all the things you pointed out. If you look at the US team, really the last two years, the Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits and the President's Cup at Quail Hollow, I mean this team's team seems stacked. Seems like generationally we're in a very or the US is in a very, very good spot. Five dollars. Start the year with a five dollar fine. God, Thank you it's so it's tough. going right to the smoker fund. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly, Cha-ching! I'm certainly,
0: I'm certainly with you that the European side lost a lot of institutional knowledge, but that's the point of having a captain. That's the point of having vice captains, guys who have been there and done that. You still have Roy McIlroy, John Rahm at the forefront of this movement, you still have players like Tommy Fleetwood and Terrell Hatton and Matt Fitzpatrick and Victor Hovland, who if they don't have potentially the best memories in the Ryder Cup, particularly a a player who was on that side uh, at Whistling Straits, they at least have some experience. It's not going to be totally new new to them in this arena in in a home Ryder Cup. I think it's going to be very competitive. I think it's going to be entertaining. It is going to be the tournament of the year, certainly the one that, as we sit here on January 3rd, I am most looking forward to watching and covering. Now, Rex, we also on GolfChannel.com have major winner predictions. This is dropping on Wednesday on GolfChannel.com. If you if you don't want this, spoiler alert, uh, just fast forward to the barbecue off, discussion yeah. at the end of this podcast. But we're going to rifle through these a little bit quickly, not just because we never get these right, but also because my hand is cramping from holding this Seriously. mike rex who do you have winning the masters tournament in 20 i don't
1: uh, i'm gonna go ahead and do the same footnote you did and then like come out here just scolding hot i don't feel good about any of these picks just because trying to pick a winner, I actually
0: feel great about my four picks, which yeah. means they're just going to yeah. be wholly inaccurate.
1: Don't feel good about any of them. Um, the Masters, I am going to be, I am going to be the total homer here. Roy McIlroy Roy gets McElroy, it done. Yeah, that's of course right. He, is. he gets it done. He completes the career grand slam. He finally gets the green jacket. There is a lot of tears on on uh, the green when he uh, yours, he, yours,
0: and yours, and maybe just a few. From everybody,
1: Roy like me and Gary, me and Jerry McIlroy, are just going to be hugging each other out. It's it's, it's going to be such a, an emotional day. Uh, I think when you look at what he did last year both on and off the golf course. We've talked about this a lot. I feel like he's in such a good spot now, and I can just imagine a scenario, and this is probably more heart than head talking, but imagine a scenario where you had Rory and Cam Smith going head-to-head, <laughs> coming down the stretch. I mean, you can't imagine a a, a a more fitting scenario for the first major of the year with everything that's going on in golf. I, I like Rory. Uh,
0: if Rory starts with a round in the 60s, something he hasn't yeah. done... Didn't work Uh, out well. All all but just a handful of times in his master's career. Uh, I'm with you. I think it could be the year that Roy wins. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. I think uh, the amount of pressure he experiences is only ratcheting up over the years, you mentioned Cameron Smith. That is my Masters champion Ooh. in 2023. I think it would be uh, obviously delicious. Would love to write it, and it certainly is not inconceivable, considering what we've seen from Cameron Smith, who's been a fixture at the top of the Masters leaderboards over the past couple of years. You look at his combination of elite iron play, was a top five player on the PJ Tour and strokes gained approach last year, and you combine that with what to me is the most lethal short game in 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 the entire world with not just the chipping and pitching, but couple that with his scrambling ability and putting as well. That's like the perfect golfer for Augusta national and the challenges that you're going to have. And so uh, Cameron Smith is my master's champion. Just flipping ahead real quick to the PGA. That's where I think Roy McIlroy is going to win hmm. his major championship, get off the Schneid since 2014. It might not be the major Rex that he covets the most, but as Roy himself said, he, is kind of adopting the mindset that he's starting at zero right this is a clean slate it's been so long since he's won a major championship it's kind of fresh he's hungry to go for his first i think it's also something of a homecoming not just for roy but my for myself as well roy's uh wife's parents are from western new york uh, i'm very much looking forward to the beers uh with you and my dad uh, on his back patio just 10 minutes from, from oak hill
1: I already talked about this. Will Zalatoris is going to win. He's going to be Justin Thomas. Uh moving on, the bigger part as you pointed out, it's a home game for you. You're going back to the roots and I think we had a conversation about wait, what, what's your on-stage rapper name? Didn't we come up with it? Oh, DJ Scary Mouse. <laughs> yes, we do. We do we do need to find the
0: uh, the the buried the buried mixtapes. Uh, Apparently there's mixtapes
1: in your mom's house. Apparently yep. you you could you could spin it. Yep. And, I mean, I'm, I would
0: – I mean cassettes cassettes are making a are are making a comeback in 2023 uh fortunately I will be able to to <laughs> take up those mixtapes for us we can, we can drop we can wait. drop we can drop that we can drop that pod uh, Is that Tuesday night in late May uh on Tuesday night yeah
1: we could we could do that yeah all right, Tuesday night concert at Lab's House everyone's invited it's going to be our big
0: first gathering i'm sure as mom viewer, and dad viewer viewer discretion advised uh parental parental <laughs> advisory on that one for sure uh, but I think that is that is going to be a very interesting major, Rex. Because uh, as someone who grew up in Western New York, about forty-five minutes from Oak Hill, it could be beautiful, it could be snowing, it could be forty-five and rainy. Uh, and so I I do think that the conditions are going to prove very favorable for bombers. And so when you think of that, it's 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 Rory, it's 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 John Rahm, it's Tony Finau, it's guys who can absolutely pound the golf ball. That's going to be a very interesting one. Weather-wise, but the beers will be delicious regardless. How about the mm. U.S. Open? I believe you picked Tony Finau for that one, if memory serves.
1: No, you're incorrect. I picked John the- Rahm. For that one, simply oh. because uh, again we don't know anything. We, we know very little about LACC North. It's it's supposed to be a very good layout, but uh, w- without with that lack of information, I, I I just kind of picked a guy number one that seems to play really really well in Southern yep. California. Of course, John Rahm won his only major at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. He's played well at Riviera, which is kind of again similar grasses, similar climate, some similar kind of atmosphere. And, and I just feel like John's due. I mean, John finished this season consistent, as you pointed out earlier in the podcast. And I feel like, I mean, the major game that he showed at Torrey Pines and he has shown it before, it surfaces again. And I feel like this is a good opportunity for him.
0: If Xander Schauffele is going to be my player of the year in 2023, I think he is going to win his major championship. This is a player who's traditionally, he's performed well in every major championship, but traditionally he has performed the best in the U.S. Open. I think that's a product of his all-around completeness and certainly his short game. I think LA Norris' relative unfamiliarity should be beneficial to a guy who grew up in Southern California. He's arguably the most complete player in the world, and this is the major that best rewards that particular set of skills. So I do think X gets it done in the US Open. You pick John Rom for the US Open Rex. I pick John Rahm for the open championship last year, I actually picked John rom. he was going to have a top five finish in every single major in twenty twenty two and yet he did not have a single one. This is why I think it's so stupid that we're even doing this, but to me I think that's it's it's such an aberration that that occurred he's way too determined he's way too talented to have another pedestrian major season he's really getting the hang of open championship golf he's performed uh exceedingly well over the last couple additions and so i do think he gets major number two at royal liverpool i'm
1: gonna i, I may have to revisit that u.s open pick because somehow max Homa just sort of dropped into my mind and i'm thinking to myself hmm. like zero that, that top would...
0: tens in his career in major championships max max is gonna have to improve that if he wants to take the next step
1: uh he does have to improve that and i think he will when you look at what he did certainly I would point to the Presidents Cup where he, you know, he finally played in sort of that first team event, and just completely excelled and learned so much about himself. And players talk about this all the time. Just the idea of getting in that cauldron, even at a Presidents Cup, as compared to a Ryder Cup, but getting in the cauldron and feeling it and, and producing it gives you so much confidence going forward. And can you imagine how cool that story would be? Max Homa winning a major championship I mean, in LA. But that's
0: the that's a logical progression, right? Like he's he's taken. I mean, that's taking sentimental LA nonsense, right? Steps. Each of the last couple of years, whether it was winning at Riviera and then this year uh, he wins a a couple of times and then he plays in the President's Cup. To me, Max Homa 2023, a great step would be finally getting some major contention under his belt with the idea that in 2024, with that sort of seasoning, uh, he's ready to to capture one of his own. But I'm with you. I'm a huge fan of Max Homa, uh, the player, uh, perhaps the best swing in all of golf. Uh, but also Max Homa, uh, the person I believe our boy, uh, Brendan Quinn of The Athletic, uh, named him as the male player of the year in golf for everything that it brings, not just with uh, golf, but also also outside of it.
1: Uh, I don't know about that one. I think, I think Tiger and Rory and we can, we can point to a couple of other people. Hey, I, I, didn't, big... I didn't write it. Brennan Quinn, that's kind of out there. I already talked about the Open Championship, which will be at Royal Liverpool. It would be so cool if Tiger Woods were somehow to resurrect the ghost from 06, but that doesn't seem likely to happen. So I went with Morikawa, which now that I've said it out loud, I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. These are so stupid. Who do you pick?
0: Uh, I picked John Rahm.
1: Of course you did. All right, Ryder Cup, you were very specific. The U.S. wins, is that the end of your story?
0: Yes, U.S. wins by like a point or two. I think it's going to be exceedingly close. Who do you got?
1: I actually didn't pick a winner, which leads me to believe that I, there's an editor who's going to be calling me very, very quickly because <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I don't think I, I don't feel I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. I think it's going to be much, much closer. You just don't you just to want to from.
0: get shipnucked. You don't. You don't uh, want to get called I, out. I really do not want to not. called out in the winter's press conference. I really do
1: not want, want to do that. See, and I, like, I'm more interested in what's going on around each team. Like that. That to me fascinates me a little bit more. I, I'm. I'm interested to see what kind of nope. captains because Johnson's people going to want be. picks. Luke Don. People is, want is, picks. I mean, the U.S. team hasn't done it in three decades. So if you're going to push me, I'm going to say Europe. I mean, I don't. You are what your record says you are, and for three damn decades, as I have said twice now, I don't even know if are they going to have to to bleep that out.
0: We going to have to find out. New new year, new you, Rex, Rex Higert's vulgar, <laughs> profane rants uh, on the Golf Channel podcast with Rex in the
1: So if you're going to push me, I'm going to pick Europe, simply because, again, three decades. They, they haven't done it since Tom Watson was a captain, and not the time when he was a captain. He did a really bad job in Scotland the time before that in England.
0: Just scorching hot takes. Rex picks Europe to win the Ryder Cup. Uh, that's that denigrating uh, a dominant uh potentially most stacked American team. US team's coming as, after him. As, as, me. as well as Kyle Markow winning a major, but also dropping at least fourteen places in the world ranking. Eh, those I are don't takes. think that happened. Those are t- <laughs> those are takes that can just not be repeated. Rex, you did not get a Blackstone for Christmas, uh, much to your chagrin. But you did say you cooked up the best ribs of your life. This is a big week, Rex. Final week Uh, Regular season of the NFL season as well as Georgia's national championship game on Monday, which I'm sure you'll be tuned in for perhaps not as intently as I am. What do you got on the grill? What do you what have you been doing recently? the pit. uh
1: the ribs that i talked about yes they i cook them as, as good as i can possibly cook them now that being said for those of you who are thinking about trying to experiment with different rubs there's a really good rub from meat church called the voodoo rub and yep. that in and of itself it, it's got a bite to it but then you factor in i also got some some uh some hot barbecue sauce from southern soul nope too hot too can't, hot folks you can't double dip you gotta you gotta choose one or the other too hot. So I just happen to have this Southern soul dust on my desk. I'm going to go with that next time. Uh, three, two, one classic. It was very, very easy. And this time of year makes me so sad because I know the days are numbered now of me just sitting on my back porch on a Saturday, smoking ribs, watching football, drinking an IPA. And like, what do I do with myself after that?
0: I, th- I think I've mentioned a couple times that we're putting in an outdoor kitchen at the house and the roof uh, structure that we're putting over has been delayed and permitting a little bit. And so we, it, looks, it looks like, Rex, that the uh, estimated time that this is going to be done is right around the Super Bowl, if not a little bit later, which, of course, could not come at a worse time. Because this is the time that you actually want to sit down all weekend, drink, have some folks over. Uh, and, and cook up some barbecue. And we're going to get to a point and a time of year when there's just nothing on TV. There's nothing to do. You kind of feel like a little bit of a degenerate or a low life or a bum just sitting there for hours on end uh, drinking in the backyard. So I don't know if you need to have, like, a beer Olympics. I don't know if you need to, have, to start uh, getting deeper into the cornhole game. Uh, but once the outdoor kitchen uh, is is finalized, I'm sure we'll uh, somehow be putting it to good use. I have had, Rex, an epic uh, week and a half or so. Uh, I don't know how you're r- not in a meat coma, man. Seriously, I mean,
1: do you guys just ever just like have a salad for dinner at
0: your house? No, for dinner, no. for For lunch, for lunch, sure. I I, I tend to I tend to ramp up. Like I I'll start I'll start with Cheerios for for breakfast. <laughs> I'll, I'll ramp up to a salad with some chicken. Are you six year old. Did you and, and Cam have just... the exact same breakfast? <laughs> and then it's just completely uh, just just over the top. For dinner, so I did a smoked and seared duck breast uh, a couple of days ago, which was absolutely insane. On Sunday, I believe it was, yeah, New Year's Year's Day. First, I smoked chicken wings, leading directly into a smoked prime rib uh, for dinner. I certainly rang in the New Year uh, the least healthy way possible uh, with a couple of Duval lights as well. So it has been an absolutely epic. A uh, week and a half or so. That's that's what you're supposed to do in the holidays, isn't it? Spend time with your loved ones as well as your smokers. How's your cholesterol? You you still good? I'm A little worried. Don't don't know if you don't test.
1: Might want to get <laughs> tested. I'm just throwing <laughs> it out there. May want to try it. Yeah. What is a Duval Light? I don't even know what that is. What's a Duval uh, Light?
0: That is Bold City Brewery. It's a local brewery here in Jacksville. They make it specifically. It's like a it's like a Jaguars beer. You can only buy it at Dailies, which is the name of a gas station here. In uh, the Nocatee it area it is delicious. I actually called, and it is one hundred fifty dollars for a half keg, uh, and so uh, so that's what we'll be putting in the kegerator outside. It is delicious uh, during Players Week. Assuming that this this godforsaken outdoor kitchen is actually completed, look forward to having you over, and we can uh, enjoy some Duval lights together. Now, folks, Should we get a preview
1: of DJ Scary Mouse at, the, at that players' gathering, or no? Is that sure, going to be we can, is that only? We can,
0: we can. We can have a listening party uh, <laughs> if you if you want. I'll, I'll make sure to bring the boom box. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this first Golf Channel podcast with Rex and Laugh of the new year. Hope you enjoyed it. Go Georgia, Fannie National Championships uh, going for back to back on Monday. We'll have a full recap in next week's pod, as well as, okay, we'll probably talk about Kapalua as well. Thank you guys for listening. Talk to you next week.